Welcome to the Weekly Investment Outlook podcast from Deutsche Bank's Private Bank, looking at the most important issues for investors in the week ahead. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in to our Weekly Investment Outlook podcast. I'm Melissa van Andraat, Head of Communications for the Private Bank Central Europe and US. Today is Friday, the 13th of October, and I have the pleasure today to talk to Deepak Puri, our Chief Investment Officer for the Americas. Deepak, how are you today? I'm doing well, Melissa. How are you? Thanks. All good on this side. Uh, all right, let's dive in. And I would like to, to start with some of the recent uh, data releases that we've seen. Uh, you know, when I listened to, to Dirk in last week's podcast, he talked about the strong job data and, and overall strong U.S. economy which I guess is a bit of a double-edged sword. He also mentioned that he will be closely watching the CPI data release, which now has been published. And what we saw is that the consumer price index rose at a 0.4% pace, um, pace in September from the prior month and 0.3% excluding the volatile food and energy components. Can you give us your take on these data releases and initial market reaction, please? Yeah, sure, Melissa. So I think, uh, you know, uh, just to give a frame how the economic releases work in the U.S., the first week you get labor markets data, that's the focus, and surveys. The second one is really the inflation data. And this week, which is the third week of the month, you get a lot of growth data. So we're going to be talking about that, I guess. But going back to the two weeks of data that we've received so far, actually you started to see a sort of somewhat of a reacceleration of um, underlying uh, you know, activity. So from a non-farm payroll number, we got a bumper report where there was a 336,000 job gains, and the estimation was for 170,000, so close to double the number of jobs that were added in the economy. And then uh, the trend somewhat continued on the CPI front. You mentioned the month-over-month increases year-over-year. The, the nominal inflation was slightly higher than what the street was expecting at 3.7% year over year. And then the core went down to 4.1% from the prior month, 4.3, but still well above uh, the Fed's comfort zone. I think the key takeaway, Melissa, from the CPI report is really the um, house inflation, which is called the owner's equivalent rent. It's around a quarter of the basket of the CPI, but it gained the, you know, around 60 basis points. A month over month. So that's a pretty, you know, a steep increase month over month. When you annualize that number, that's over 7%. So I think that would give uh, some, uh, you know, market participants and policymakers a pause uh, because rent inflation shouldn't be running so high, especially given um, what we expect in terms of uh, consumer slowdown. So, uh, you know, those would be the sort of key takeaways, uh, but really it's the housing inflation that really caught my eye. Indeed. Now, looking ahead on the Fed meeting early in November, I think there's still a bit of time left until the decision. But is there anything else in terms of data and events that the Fed will continue to watch for the rest of October? And also, what are your expect, uh, expectations for the decision? Yeah. So, as I said, you know, this week we're going to get quite a lot of data on the growth side of things. So you're going to get retail sales number on Tuesday. You get housing starts and permits and then industrial production. And lo and behold, we're also going to have the Chairman Powell speaking at the Economic Club of New York on Thursday, uh, which will give us a little bit of a sense of how he is thinking 
This is in addition to the Fed's release of the Beige Book, uh, which is a, a survey of the uh, underlying districts of the U.S. on Wednesday. So I think there's a lot of uh, activity before the November 1st uh, Fed meeting. As of today, uh, the market is pricing in a 90% chance there won't be a rate increase uh, in the November meeting. However, by year end, there's a one in three chance that the Fed is going to increase uh, the rates. So that is coming on the December 13th meeting, which would be the last meeting of the year. So the market is still sort of looking at the strong macro data that we have seen. The market is still pricing in a reasonably high probability of a rate increase come um, December. So by year end, the Fed funds rate go to 550 to 575, which is 25 basis increase than where we are today. So that is really, uh, you know, the what's really driving the rates market is really what's driving the stock market as of now. And the rates market has been driven by Fed speak and the macro data that we are getting. Yeah, interesting to see how this plays out. And uh, let's move on and quickly touch base on earnings season, which has kicked off. What does the consensus tell us? Yeah, so, you know, we've had, the, for those of us who are keeping track of quarterly earnings, uh, you know, numbers, uh, this is the fourth consecutive quarter, uh, if you look at the bottom-up consensus estimate, that we are expecting to go down on EPS growth year over year. This trend really started in the fourth quarter of 2022. So, as I said, there'll be the fourth consecutive quarter. So, from one perspective, you know, we are in an earnings recession. Having said that, uh, you know, the chances are that during the course of the quarter, uh, if uh, history is any guide, we are going to see positive revision, and we might end the third quarter in a slightly positive territory. The big focus is really going to be, as it always is, on the guidance. So not only the fourth quarter guidance, where the street expects a nice 10% EPS growth year over year, so out of the woods when it comes to earnings, but really 2024 guidance as well. Um, and here you're looking at three or four data points from earning, uh, from companies. One, what is the overall macro environment that the companies are operating in? Is that positive for their business? The second one would be to get any signaling effect from consumers, especially related to consumer spending and as we enter the holiday season uh, later this quarter. Um, then the inventories. Is there a depleted inventory level, especially given we are entering the holiday season. And last but not the least, and this really focuses on the banking sector, is the health to maturity losses that they are carrying on their balance sheet, um, given the, the rate uh, markets. So there are quite a lot of things to, to focus on. But I think uh, for most purposes, the only uh, interesting thing on this quarter's earnings would be to see if we can eke out a positive EPS growth number on aggregate. Understood. Let's wrap this up with maybe one last question, Deepa. Considering everything we heard from you today with data releases and upcoming events, uh, looking ahead, how should investors position themselves? And uh, any, yeah, any additional thoughts on your end? Yeah, I think it, it makes a lot of sense to stay a little bit cautious, a little bit extra on cash and short-term fixed income investments, just uh, given all the uh, not only where we are in the business cycle and an inflection point with regards to the Fed, you know, keep in mind, this is the time, Melissa, where the Fed is most prone to making an error, a policy mistake. So uh, given that scenario, given the fact that you can get a nice 5 plus percent yield on short-term cash equivalent, it would not make, uh, you know, it will make a lot of sense to have elevated levels of cash. 
That does not mean you don't invest in fixed income assets, but keep the duration short, keep credit quality high. And on the equity side, have a well-diversified portfolio, uh, mostly of uh, you know, larger companies. So those would be the overall guidance from a portfolio construction perspective. Thanks, Deepak, for another insightful session with you and your notes. And dear listeners, this was this week's edition of our weekly investment outlook podcast. I wish you all a great week and bye for now. In Europe, Middle East and Africa, as well as in Asia Pacific, this podcast may be considered marketing material, but this is not the case in the US. No assurance can be given that any forecast or target can be achieved. Forecasts are based on assumptions, estimates, opinions and hypothetical models which may prove to be incorrect. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. Performance refers to a nominal value based on price gains and losses and does not take into account inflation. Inflation will have a negative impact on the purchasing power of this nominal monetary value. Depending on the current level of inflation, this may lead to a real loss in value, even if the nominal performance of the investment is positive. Investments come with risk. The value of an investment can fall as well as rise, and you might not get back the amount originally invested at any point in time. Your capital may be at risk. The services described in this podcast are provided by Deutsche Bank AG or by its subsidiaries and or affiliates in accordance with appropriate local legislation and regulation. Deutsche Bank AG is subject to comprehensive supervision by the European Central Bank, by Germany's Federal Financial Supervisory Authority and by Germany's Central Bank. Brokerage services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated, a broker-dealer and registered investment advisor which conducts investment banking and securities activities in the United States. Deutsche Bank Securities Incorporated is a member of FINRA, NYSE and SIPC. Lending and banking services in the United States are offered through Deutsche Bank Trust Company Americas, member FDIC, and other members of the Deutsche Bank Group. The products, services, information, and or materials referred to within this podcast may not be available for residents of certain jurisdictions. Copyright 2023, Deutsche Bank AG and or its subsidiaries. All rights reserved. This podcast may not be used, reproduced, copied or modified without the written consent of Deutsche Bank AG.